Jonas Knox straight out of Vegas in for RJ Bell and coming up on today's show it is a special day it's a day near and dear to your heart to my heart to the heart of Vegas it is prop release day for the Super Bowl all sorts of props we've got tips we're going to give you a little bit of a run through on the history of the prop betting market when it comes to the Super Bowl we've also got some things to avoid what you can be aware of when you go to enter into your prop betting extravaganza when it comes to Super Bowl 55 plus we've got a best bet and all sorts of other shenanigans right here for the next 60 minutes it's straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio you're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas. Your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Bell. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox in for R.J. Bell alongside Steve Fezzik as well as Maddie Holt joining you here for the next 60 minutes here on FSR. You can always check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up just a couple of minutes from now, we are going to jump right into it. An early look at Super Bowl 55 and also prop release day. And it's time to welcome in the guy Steve Fezzik. Uh, he is uh, are you the number one professional sports better in all the land, Steve Fezzik? Are you the guy? Are you the? Uh, there's nobody better than you, correct? You know, I got to confess that uh, Maddie, myself, and Mackenzie, we're all betting on apps right before the show Very because good. the props are so juicy yes. that uh, we forgot about the microphones. Yes, and so listen, uh, Fez, we are going to get and, and pick your brain. You're one of the best in the business, and, and it's what I opened the show with. Are you the number one professional sports better in the history of professional sports betting? Because that's what I've gathered just in hearing you talk uh, from time to time. You know, Billy Walters owns that claim to fame, and uh, he just got pardoned by uh, President Trump. So, um, Billy Walters for years was the number one better that was feared by all the sports books to the point of not only was he barred, but uh, let me ask you about this, Maddie. Pretty much anyone that Mr. Walters would try to send in that was identified as him in many places was deemed uh, persona non grata, right? Yeah, we actually were, uh, became well well-known at Cantor for taking all the bets from Billy, and I could tell you um, we didn't end up on the on the best side of that. <laughs> uh, he is uh, Matty Holt, uh, CEO and founder of U.S. Integrity. Uh, now, Fez, I know you say that uh, you know he's uh, struck fear into a lot of sports books, but I have it on good authority that you yourself have had to put on a disguise to walk through a sports book from time to time. Is that correct? Yeah, most notable was I used to go up to Reno that had really soft lines, and they had the rodeo in town, and I would dress up in cowboy boots and uh, (laughs) the the cowboy hat and just fit in, walk up, stumble up with my beers, and be making essentially the same bet over and over (laughs) and over until they told me they didn't want it anymore. (laughs) Like you're you're some stunt double from Brokeback Mountain. Uh, You're just over there to make bets in Reno. Uh, Well done. Well done. Uh, All right. So, guys, let's get us started here uh, with the Vegas lead and the Vegas 
biggest lead all the way up until Super Bowl 55 is where we stand on Super Bowl 55. Now just a week and a half away, Fez. Where do we stand on the line? Are the Chiefs still favored? Any movement whatsoever on this line thus far? No movement. Chiefs minus three. A little extra vig with that minus three. You got to lay minus 120 in most places if you want Kansas City. You want Tampa, you get plus three even money. Total holding steady at 56 as well. But I think the good news here, Fez, for betters on both sides is if, if you want Tampa Bay plus three and a half, it's out there. If you want Kansas City minus three, it's out there. Yes. Yeah, so the shopper will typically benefit. And I got to tell you, the books get nervous whenever a line is like between three and three and a half because if it winds up landing exactly three and you keep flipping back and forth then you get cited as a book losing a lot of money absolutely best guess where do you guys think this line ends up at do you think there's any movement or is it going to float around three to three and a half uh all the way up until kickoff I think that the professionals are going to land on Tampa, and I expect that this will come down to a solid three. There won't be any three-and-a-halves come kickoff. And I think there's going to be waves of public money on Tampa as well. I mean, Tom Brady might be the most famous NFL player of all time. That's only going to bring in the the non-normal football better to land on Tampa. I I also agree with Fez. I think it lands Kansas City minus three at kickoff. And you might be hard-pressed to find those three-and-a-halves next week. Any chance it drops to two and a half? I don't believe so because it's three is such a critical number to Steve's point that because some of the books have already been three and a half, if they also go to two and a half then and that thing lands exactly three, this could be an epic disaster. I think they don't go below three. They may reverse juice it the other way where it's Tampa plus three, minus 120 instead, but I don't think they ever come off that three down to two and a half. Uh, he is Matty Holt, Steve Fezzik, Jonas Knox, in for R.J. Bell. This is straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, so we mentioned it in the headlines. Uh, this is a big day, not only for professional bettors, but it is a big day for you, the listener, the better. You do this. I do this. We're not above it. We embrace it here on Straight Out of Vegas. It is the official launch of the prop bets in the Super Bowl. They have been released, Steve Fezzik. And I got to know, this has become a craze. Uh, I know me and my buddies for years and years have really loved betting on the props because you can find some really goofy things out there. We've talked about it in previous years past, Super Bowls and different prop bets that are out there. But Fez, how did we get here? How did the prop betting market become so popular and so much fun for so many people? Where do the origins come from? So let's go back to 1986 with uh, William the Refrigerator Perry that scored a touchdown and several books had put up odds on him as high as I've heard even 100 to 1, but certainly 50 to 1. <laughs> All of the money was on the fridge and Ditka gave it to him. So that's the most well-known prop and one of the first ones. Fast forward about 10 years, the little hole-in-the-wall casino, the Imperial Palace that has since turned into the Lynx here, mid-strip, they had nothing to um, make you want to go into their sports book versus <laughs> Caesars, Mirage, anywhere else. So what they did, this is brilliant, is Jay Cornegay said, you know what? We're going to be the prop master. So during the Super Bowls, they were the first to put up like hundreds of props and even these cross-sport props. Who's going to get more? field goals or the Vegas Golden Knights to score goals, props like that. And they went ahead and had a niche that was so strong that their sportsbook was packed for a week before the actual game. 
And you know I what's interesting that. now? It, this is the most important day of the year for not only the betting public, but professional bettors. I mean, obviously, when you put up five or 600 props, you can't be accurate on all of them. Even if you're accurate on 95% of them, it's still going to leave five, six, ten opportunities for the pro bettors. So the pro bettors scour through looking for those off prices that they could take advantage of it. And the betting public loves all the opportunities to bet fun things they don't normally are. They're not normally able to bet. This is a big day on both sides of the betting market landscape. I mean, so who's coming up with these? Like, who's like some of these? I mean, whether it's the color of the Gatorade, the length of the national anthem, the like all of these things that are being set. I mean, it's one thing if right before kickoff, somebody takes a walk onto the field, they peek into the Gatorade and they go, oh, it's this color. But how do we know what colors to even put in to qualify for, for one of these bets? You know what I mean? Like how how, are, how does anybody have enough information to be able to accurately give you a line on all of these goofy props? that are still 10 days away when we don't we don't we're not inside the room when it comes to how long the national anthem is going to be we don't know what, what sort of crummy performance the weekend or whatever his name is with, with that with the weird plastic surgery on his face all of a sudden i swear to god guy looks like an alien i'm not even making this up he got a, like a bunch of stuff done to his face and people are trying to figure out whether or not it's it's actual or some sort of a filter it's bizarre but nonetheless like who's coming up with this stuff? How do they have enough information to be able to give us the best lines? Or is it just throw whatever you can out there? The limits aren't all that high. And let's just have some fun with it because our, our real money is going to be on the actual game and the total. Throw whatever you can up with really low limits when it comes to these um, predetermined things like what's the first song at halftime going to be? What's the Gatorade color, etc.? How long will the anthem be? Well, you know, there's people with stopwatches during rehearsals that are getting <laughs> that information, but it doesn't matter, Jonas, because if you deal low limits, then what what will happen is there'll be enough people that are just betting it recreationally. You'll make money from them, and yeah, a sharp guy will come in and pick you off, but you know what? Then you'll go ahead and make an adjustment based upon him and think about what a a boon this is just for the person that wants to have an entertainment day. They're not going to win, but you bet $5 on 100 different things over the course of the game, and maybe you lose 100 bucks when you add it all up for four hours of entertainment. I tell you what, I live on a golf course. I don't jump over the fence and start screaming at the people, what are you doing? You just blew $150 to play Rio Seiko. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, sorry, go ahead, Maddie. And you know what's interesting about it, too, is so many years behind the counter, we would say, look, if if we even break even on props, great. But the amount of signups, a new account signups we're going to generate off this will make so much money. People will sign up for accounts, forget they have them, leave their money in. People will now continue to bet with you because they put their money in. But at the end of the day, we never had a losing year in props. I don't know of a book that is ever lost in props. They just make so much money because they're so many of them and so much recreational action and is with it 300 it, to 400 was, jonas out there you know it's a volume game like what happens if this game lands three well you got to refund all the money that's being bet if and lose some if you took some tampa bay plus three and a half but on the props with 300 to 400 different outcomes there's only 256 nfl games over the course of a season so think about how much you're churning and earning as a sports book with such a large volume is it similar to giving away chips and salsa when you go into a restaurant? 
to where you go, you know what? They're going to be eating there. They're going to be having drinks. Here's some free chips and salsa. Make them feel like they got something. I mean, is that is that really sort of the idea, Maddie? To where, look, give them something. Even if we lose, we've got their account, and they're going to be a customer moving forward. So if we take a, a hit, you know, on Super Bowl Fifty Five, and we lose to the color of the Gatorade or the length of the national anthem, that's fine because we know they're going to be back and they're going to order more. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you're giving away chips and salsa, and they're spending money like they're yes. eating caviar. I mean, here's a good <laughs> example. If you put up a prop bet, will the coin fly off? Will the actual coin in the coin toss sprout wings and fly off a million to one? <laughs> People would bet it. People would literally bet They go, wow, a million to one. That's great odds. And I guarantee you it take way more bets than you'd ever imagine. I can't begin to explain the amount of bets we would take on things that were so so unfathomable to happen, but at those long odds, people just love to take that shot. And you're getting all that recreational money. I got to talk about the coin toss because now in the NFL, every NFL coach, when you win the the coin toss, they defer. That was not the case 10 years ago. So I can tell you while everyone else was betting heads and tails, and it's the stupidest bet possible because it's 50-50, although some feel that the extra weight on the head makes uh, tails more <laughs> common. But uh, the bottom line is there was a small group of bettors, and they would track the tendencies NFL coaches had for winning the coin toss. Belichick almost always deferred, whereas you know Sean Payton almost always would take the ball. So they literally could bet on a matchup like that, oh, the Saints are going to get the ball first, and they'd be laying minus $1.10 on a 90% bet. So it shows how powerful doing your homework can be. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, by the way, uh, Steve Fezzik will have an insane prop bet on the Super Bowl coming up later on in the show before the end of the show, as will uh, Matty Holt, who also has a prop bet and a best bet coming up later on. Up next, a win-win scenario for you when it comes to Super Bowl 55. Find out what it is next here, straight out of Vegas, here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with Straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio, Jonas Knox in for R.J. Bell alongside Steve Fezzik and Matty Hold. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes from now, we have a win-win situation at Super Bowl 55 that involves you. So don't go anywhere. We'll have that for you here a couple of minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, But right now it is time to get the weather in Las Vegas. This is a man who just uh, uh, basically laid waste to the ashes that are the Imperial Power. He made a mockery of him all the way to carry the ashes like he's Andy Dufresne to the top of his mansion uh, in the estate area of Las Vegas where there was snow. Uh, Steve Fezzik, our intermeteorologist, what is the latest on the weather and the snowy weather there in Las Vegas? Yeah, we bring the fun and excitement of Vegas to you each and every day. Current temperature, 50 degrees, and the neon is thawing. Fez, you had a snowball fight with your kid in Las Vegas. That was a pretty good mechanics. That was a good throw. <laughs> it was. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I grew up in the Midwest and my son is nine and he does not know how to make a snowball. I had to teach him. He sees snow so rarely. Well, I mean, how do you make a snowball? You just like grab a bunch of snow and pat it together, don't you? <laughs> yeah, but if you've never done it before, I guess it's 
That's it, was, it, it was a very mechanical way that he produced the snowball. I saw the throw, though. I mean, he like he turned the hips over and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that thing was dead center hit you. Yeah, Ninth it, take. Yeah, get, get him into an MMA gym soon. Teach him how to throw a right hand, Fez. I mean, he's going to yeah. save him a lot of problems later on. Him, <laughs> like, like, put on some fake cauliflower ears, because that's the rule. If you see somebody with cauliflower ear, that you know not to mess with that guy. That's, that's the rule. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, Cobra Kai. Absolutely. Very good. I, I feel like I've heard that from somewhere. Uh, all right. So, Steve Fezzik uh, and Matty Holt, uh, Jonas Knox here, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, all right. So, let's get into, we were talking about this is prop day. They're releasing the props. Um, this is usually about 10 days out before the Super Bowl. All the props, hundreds upon hundreds. How many props are there? 400? 500? Yeah, but today's just round one. So what normally happens is they release these in troves. So today you get the first few hundred, the standard game props, player props. And then as we go on, we'll get the props that have to deal with, you know, other sports involved, cross sports. A lot of the really rare and exotic ones will come out either this Friday or this weekend. But this was trove one of all the props coming out. And Thursday night is a history in Vegas that Jay Cornegay and his staff, who originated all this at the Imperial Palace, they're at the Westgate now. And every Thursday night around 7 p.m., they release literally 500 props. And it's very similar, the scene there, in terms of the clientele. <laughs> if you've ever seen the original Star Wars, the bar scene... Well, you got a good feeling of what it's going to look like <laughs> in the Westgate tomorrow night. Uh, all right. So it is obviously a big, massive uh, couple of days in Las Vegas when it comes to the Super Bowl. That being said, Fez, you actually believe that this is a win-win for everybody involved, that there's multiple layers to this, but that everybody involved in this comes out a winner based on these props and what's going to take place 10 days from now at the Super Bowl. Yeah, the sports books are going to win because with – hundreds and hundreds of props, they're going to go ahead and just write enough tickets that regardless of what happens on the game, they can lose on the game and they'll wind up winning overall because the high-volume game. The pro bettors will win because they've got 500 props to choose from, and they can pick out 10 to 12 advantage play props where they've got the best of it and go ahead and make the bets on that. But the general public, I want to make the argument, wins as well entertainment-wise. They don't win on their bets, but what could be more entertaining than just betting a little bit on all these different props? It can be one of the most enjoyable days, and it's very rare I would ever say this, where I would advocate you can lose money, and I still think it's a really good usage of your time to have action on each and everything. The key is just keep it small on all the different props. What do you think, Matty? I can't count the number of people who I've seen actually come in when I was a canter and make one small bet on every single prop, and they would have like a catalog of tickets, yeah. but it was so fun to them because basically every play in the game affected a bet, and they were so into it. And I think whether they won money or not, and most of them obviously lost money, you can't you know go against the house in that many events and <laughs> win the they all said they had a blast doing it i mean it makes literally almost every play in the game meaningful now by contrast don't do this at home jonas you had an experience one super bowl where you didn't bet five dollars on a hundred different props you just went gambler style all in on one oh, yeah. bet yeah, it, basically what I did was it was Super Bowl 48. It was the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl. And I, I've told this story before on the air, but I, I, I mean, I, I have the paper somewhere to prove it. 
I love Denver in that game. I thought Denver was the better team. That offense, Peyton Manning, they were clicking. They had all those weapons. Demarius Thomas, Wes Welker had a monster year. Eric Decker. I just I looked at the, the veterans on defense. I thought there's no way this young upstart Seattle team's going to be able to match up with that experience in the Super Bowl. And so I had all of my bets were tailored to the Broncos. And then as the game started rolling, I said, nah, nah, this is just an illusion. I'm not buying it. So I started to live bet the Broncos even more. And I went even more and even more. And then finally, at the, at the end of the game, I had placed 18 bets total in the game. And I was 1 in 17. Not even making that up. One in 17, just because I was so stubborn that I couldn't get over my initial thought and my initial quote unquote handicap of the game. I refused to let that go, even based on new information. And I think it was the start of the second half. I think Percy Harvin uh, scored that kickoff return for the touchdown. Even after that, I went in for another bet on the Broncos. Like, no, 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 but they'll come back this quarter and they'll win this third quarter bet. It was it was craziness. And that was a lesson learned many years ago. Yeah, and the lesson is let's, it's uh, a special day. Have a lot of fun with it. But unless yes. you're a professional better, don't get too caught up with, on terms of your exposures, having all your eggs in one basket and making what you thought were really small wagers that all added up to your biggest bet of the year on the same thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And- and and I found just when it comes to the prop bets, I've got buddies who you know had, were never big football fans, but they would always have Super Bowl parties. And at every Super Bowl party, you go to the Super Bowl party, and they've got the squares. Well, what are the? I mean, the squares are so random. You're you're drawing your initials in a square, and then whatever they roll, that's those are the numbers that you come up with. And so they would see us with it, like Maddie described, sheet of paper with 20 bets that are all $5 each, totaling 100 bucks. And I'm not going to bet any more than 100 bucks on this game. But if you want to do 50, 20 bucks, whatever. And they're looking at it going, well, what, do you, what does this bet mean? Well, this means this, this means that. And we're having so much fun that we don't realize that some of our bets, if they hit, they're going to wipe out another bet. Because we're just frantically betting on everything from, oh, I've got this guy to score the first touchdown of the game, uh, but I've also got the under of the first quarter. So then he scores the touchdown, I win that bet, but I hit over in the first quarter, so I lose on that bet. But to Maddie's point, you're having so much fun as long as you don't go in there guns blazing at whatever is way above your bankroll and trying to trying to bet and you know doing hundred dollars here betting on the coin flip here I think it's a lot of fun and to see all these bets come back out uh, this Wednesday into Thursday before the Super Bowl just reminds me of a lot of good times I hope people enjoy it again as well and let me talk about how to get your best bang for your buck when you're making all these wagers avoid the needle in the haystack bet. So the bets of what will the exact final score be? Uh, will Mahomes throw for 300 to 310 yards or 311 to 320? When you see bets like that where there's literally hundreds of different outcomes that are possible, even who's going to score the first touchdown and the like, those are the high-vig bets that the book wants you to bet. Those are the bets that for every $5 that's wagered on them, the book is only going to pay out $3 and make a 40% hold. That's where they make all their money. So those are the bets, even recreationally, I would look to avoid completely. Make the bets that you can bet yes or no, over or under, because those are the bets where the house has – 
about a 5% edge against you. So obviously, if even you're betting $10 on that, the house isn't making anything in terms of each and every one of those bets in terms of their expectation. Those are the bets to really have fun with. And uh, would you agree, Maddie? Absolutely. And I tell people, look, all the time, if you're, if you're a $5 better, bet $5 on every game. Don't become the $5 better who makes a 16 parlay because it pays so much. <laughs> Just bet $5 on every game and, and you'll have a lot more fun. You'll have a lot of diversified action and you'll have action throughout the entire event. What is the, can you guys recall a time, or maybe there's just a bet in general that comes out, it's a prop every single year for the Super Bowl. It's either out now, it'll come out in the next couple of days, where you hear somebody places a wager on that bet and you just think to yourself, that guy's an idiot. Like, what an idiot. Like, do you know what you're actually betting on? I do every year. It's the will there be a safety. And every year they go, no way. There was another one the last two years. There's no possible way there could be one. And you see people making these huge bets, 100,000 to win 6,000. I can't believe there's another safety. And there's a couple of bridge jumper bets that, you know, the <laughs> that everyone says, hey, because it's the Super Bowl, you know, those odds are less than normal. And they really go, I, as well as staying away from the needle and the, st- the haystacks, I would also say stay away from the bridge jumper bets. Yeah, be careful with the bridge jumpers. So what happens, a typical NFL game, there's a 6% chance for a safety. So what has happened is that the yes-no typically offered, will there be a safety? The yes is like plus 600, the no is minus 1,000. So the pros, the math geeks, do the math and say, wait a minute, this is only going to happen 6% of the time, and it has to happen 10% of the time for me to have a bad bet. I'm going to bet no. No safety. I'm going to bet a lot to win a little. And the problem is that I think what we've seen, the nerves, the um, the situations get to players. Even they get to Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos when, oh, the very first snap whizzes past his ear yeah. for a safety. So the bridge jumper, I think the one bet I wouldn't bet a lot to win a little on is will there be a safety? I would not bet no. We've seen that in too many Super Bowls. I remember that Super Bowl when that first play <laughs> went over Peyton Manning's yes, head in some yes. Books got crushed because there were a bunch of little bets on the long odds, but there were a lot of books, including the one I was at, that had taken a lot of those big bets to make a little, and boy, did they make a lot on that prop. Yeah, now the one bridge jumper I've made as long as I've been gambling is will there be overtime, and I have bet no no overtime each and every Super Bowl. For a while, I could lay minus 600. It got up to around minus 1,000. But Super Bowl 55 here, there's been one. One, yeah. One, the Atlanta, New England. And I lost money on that one. But um, I think that that's one where, especially when the, the game is lined close to pick them and you can lay 10 or less to make a dollar, there's not a 10% chance any game is going to go into overtime. So that's a good bridge jumper to invest your money in. By the way, uh, something I learned today, I didn't know the term bridge jumper bet was a thing. I'm into oh, it. Oh, really? Guess, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I had no idea. Bridge jumper It's bets. a famous <laughs> horse racing term. So what used to happen back in the day is um, these guys would bet huge amounts of money on a horse to show. And the idea was if the horse lost, they were jumping off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no idea. Uh, yeah, I had no idea that was a thing. And, and by the way, how about this, Fez? Uh, before we go to Dan Byer for the latest... Belichick, not only has he been the thorn in your side, but even the one bet that you are consistently solid on, the no overtime in the Super Bowl, Belichick still got you there one year also. How about yeah, that? but you know what? 
I can't be too upset with him. He did get me there, but uh, when it was 17-17 against the Rams and any other coach with a minute left would have been conservative, he was ultra-aggressive, and he kept me out of overtime that game. So I would say I'm not going to throw the genius under the bus. I- be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. It is Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Steve Fezzik, Matty Holt in for R.J. Bell here on FSR. Coming up in 10 minutes from now here on Fox Fox Sports Radio. We will have a couple of best bets, including a Super Bowl prop bet from Steve Fezzik. So make sure you stick around for that here 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. So Fez, we're talking about the props and the release of the prop bets for Super Bowl 55 as they come out about a week and a half before the game. We've talked about the bets to avoid. All right. You know, there's these needle in the haystack type bets. What about the bets to consider? Bets that you look at and go, this is something that you should keep an eye on if you want to make a little bit of coin come Super Bowl Sunday. Right. You want to make the bets that there's only two possible outcomes. So in terms of players, are they going to go over? Or are they going to go under their rush yards or their pass yards? Or you can bet that, um, will something happen? Yes or no. Nothing else can happen. And because of that, you're going to avoid all these um, crazy props where there's hundreds of different outcomes and it's so difficult to pick the winner. And because of that, the sports book can hide way extra vigorous. Let me give you examples. Two years ago, R.J. Bell came out strong. Gurley is not healthy. I don't care that he's not on the injury report. I'm going to go under 65 rush yards. And Gurley wound up with 35 yards in a retrospect. It's crazy that Gurley could have been dealt that high. And it was all about he put up some big numbers when he was healthy. Afterwards, he wasn't. That literally was like an 80% bet RJ made. Last Super Bowl, I'll use an example of a bet of mine that pushed. That was my bad beat of the year. I played Mahomes over rush yards, over 29 rush yards. Jonas, he had 44 (laughs) with rush yards, with two minutes to play, and proceeded to lose 15 yards on three rushes, running out the clock. So, you can do all your homework. You can get it in good. It's not necessarily a guarantee, even doing that, that you will win. (laughs) Look, I I saw a buddy in my fantasy football league years ago lose one week because he had a .2 lead over the guy he was playing, and his quarterback took three kneel downs to end the game and lost three yards, and he lost by, uh, he lost by a tenth of a point based on the three yards. So I've seen that happen before, and I can recall that happening last year, and there were a lot of people not too thrilled with Patrick Mahomes at the end of that game. But Fez, I mean, you pushed. You didn't lose. That's all that matters. Yeah, but I gave it out to my clients, and they played it at 30 and 31 and 32 and 33. So uh, another example, Matty Holt of the sports books uh, winning in the Super Bowl. The most wagered on prop last year. In terms of handle wagered on one prop, Pat Mahomes rushing yards over was the most wagered on prop in the Super Bowl last year crazy. Uh, Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Now, when it comes to scripting the Super Bowl, Fez, when it comes to how to monitor the Super Bowl, uh, how's the game going to look? Is it going to be different? I mean, a lot of people are making a lot to do about the fans and whatnot. I actually don't think, and tell me if you guys think I'm crazy on this. The fact that the game is in Tampa 
especially this year, but even if it was a normal Super Bowl year, I don't think it's that much of an advantage, and here's why. It's not only or majority Tampa fans that are going to be there normally. They try and split it up. There's a lot of you know corporate uh, seats that are sold. The Super Bowl's a different vibe than it is a normal home game, so I don't think it's that much of a home field advantage. And this year, with even lower attendance than what would normally be in a Super Bowl, I don't think that the home field's going to have as much of an impact on this game as much as a lot of people do you know the wild card here is there's going to be 22,000 fans but there's going to be 7,500 healthcare yep. um, uh, professionals all from the greater Tampa Bay area and you'd have to feel that the vast majority of them are going to be rooting for the home hometown bucks a lot harder than the average you know fortune 500 CEOs that typically attend so that may well give Tampa some home field advantage what do you think Maddie? I certainly think there is some advantage and and uh, the fact that Kansas City, again, is the team that has to travel all the way down there and deal with, you know, essentially playing on the road. Tampa is going to be more used to the environment, the humidity, the winter weather that's in Florida. It is different. I think it's the slightest of edges. But at the end of the day, if there is an edge, it still goes to Tampa. Jonas, I want to ask you. Kansas City is not going to travel until the day before the Super Bowl. Many are saying that's a disadvantage. They can't get um, you know, acclimated to Tampa. However, I might argue a lot of times Super Bowl teams get distracted in the Super Bowl city. Might this actually be an advantage that they can just fly in and play without the distractions? Well, I've, um, I was talking about this with Brady Quinn on our show, and he, he had a theory. It was, it was sort of a conspiracy theory. When I come up with them, I'm an idiot. When he comes up with them, he's like next-level thinking. That's how it works on that show. <laughs> But his thought was when the Rams went to Miami and just got blasted by the Dolphins, I mean, it was one of the worst Rams performances in the past couple of years. Jalen Ramsey missed the game. So he came down with a flu. It wasn't COVID. It was some sort of a flu. And the thought was seeing his Florida has been so much more open than other places in the country. Do these guys leave a place like California, all of a sudden go out to Florida and go, whoa, whoa, whoa you guys are open? Wait, wait, this this place is open? I haven't been able to walk into a bar or been able to. So maybe there is something to that, that when you get down to the state of Florida, it's almost like being in a new country based on some of the restrictions due to COVID throughout the country that we've dealt with. And Florida has been more wide open. So maybe there is something to the strategy and not sending them there so early so that they walk into that state and go, oh, my God, this this feels like what it was a year ago, as opposed to what you know they've been normally dealing with those, uh, thus far the past few months. Mm, that's an interesting point. You know, that was one of the weirdest games of the year, though, where the Rams outgained Miami by over 300 yards. Yeah. Maybe the entire special teams unit went out and partied all night in uh, Florida because they did not show up. You know, certainly, you know, one thing, Jonas, you asked me about Super Bowls and scripting them. I do want to say, if there's one thing that seems consistent in Super Bowls, the pressure starting out, teams don't want to make that big mistake. And we see it in lower scoring first halves versus second halves over the past 20 years. I just ran the numbers. The average first half has seen 20 points scored. The second half's 27 and a half. So more than a touchdown of extra scoring in the second half. So keep that in mind as you're betting your prop bets, especially your first quarters, your first halves. Um, it really is uh, difficult to make money betting on scoring early in a Super Bowl. Coming up next, with his best bet time, we are going to have a prop bet for the ages from one Steve Fezzik, plus a best bet from Matty Holt. All of that money-making time next here for you on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas!
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox in for RJ Bell alongside Steve Fezzik and Matty Holt. Coming up in 10 minutes from now here on FSR, it is the odd couple here on Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker, Chris Broussard, always a fun listen. Make sure you stick around for those guys here uh, on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, now, before we get into the best bets, I got to ask Matty Holt a question uh, because I look, I'm not speaking for anybody on this show. I'm simply speaking for myself. I don't know about you guys, but I was 0-2 on the UFC on Saturday night. Uh, I did not see that happening with Michael Chandler and uh, um, uh, Dan Hooker. I did not see that knockout happening. And, Maddie, we mentioned it last week briefly about how we were surprised that the line was where it was at and Dustin Poirier was such a significant underdog to Conor McGregor, and it played out that way. So I got to ask you, have we seen the end of McGregor being a 3-1 to favorite in top fights against really good contenders? Oh, for sure. And he shouldn't have been in that fight due to his inactivity. I mean, I know I had Poirier. We talked about how the line was massively inflated. But A, we haven't seen the end of McGregor. And we haven't seen the end of McGregor being a 3-1 to favorite. We just have seen him the end of him being a 3-1 to favorite against elite guys. I think there's plenty of fights out there for him because the UFC needs him to get a win against the ally Quintas or our Tony Ferguson, who's yeah. also on a losing streak, where Connor again, would find himself in the significant favorite role crazy yeah that was uh so yeah he just started eating up his legs i could tell by the end of the first round connor was in trouble i i could tell there was an issue there just you could just start to see the gas tank and the concerns start to rise up a little bit and yeah it looked like it was going to be a bad night for him the rest of the way uh it is best bet time here on straight out of vegas steve fezzik best bet time super bowl 55 Kansas City Chiefs, number of punts under three and a half. Got to lay minus 150. I'm not going to outthink this one. This one is an obvious play, and I think it's a winning play. The Chiefs, five playoff games this year and last year. Chiefs have not punted more than three times in any of them. So you're 5-0 and on this prop. Chiefs have only punted once in their two playoff games. And I think with a total of 56, Andy Reid and company know, hey, you're going to have to score points to win this game, so they should be aggressive in going for it. We're going under three and a half punts, Kansas City Chiefs. Matty, you've got a best bet as well, too. I'm going to go with a prop here. Will there be a roughing the passer penalty called in the game? <laughs> no. I'm going to take the no at minus 120. First of all, there's always less penalties called in the Super Bowl overall. I don't think anyone wants to be the guy that takes the cheap shot at Tom Brady and gets that penalty. Very unlikely to happen here. Basically, a pick at minus 120. I'm going to go no on roughing the passer penalty. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast. Start to finish wall-to-wall prop coverage on prop release day for Super Bowl 55, including two best bets. Check out that podcast at foxsportsradio.com and search for Straight Out of Vegas. We are Straight Out of Vegas, and we're back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! 